0: welcome back to supernatural lore exploring the myths and monsters of the winchester universe i'm lana and in this episode i'll be taking you on a deep dive into the second episode of the series wendigo it's a pretty creepy episode we see sam and dean investigating a series of disappearances in the woods of blackwater ridge colorado As they dive deeper into the case, they discover a Wendigo, which is a creature from Native American folklore is responsible for the disappearances. So let's talk Wendigo. I wanna start off this episode by saying that Wendigo do come from Native American folklore. And it has been said that the horror genre has been appropriating Native American folklore. And I have to agree with that. Before Wendigo, It was the concept of Native American Burial Grounds, as I'm sure you all remember Stephen King's Pet Cemetery, putting Native American Burial Grounds on the map. I still actually think that is the scariest movie I have ever seen, and I still have to sleep with the lights on if I watch it now. Um, We also see Native American Burial Grounds in Episode 8 of Season 1 of Supernatural, Bugs. So I wanted to touch on that right now because I'm not going to be doing a full-length episode on bugs because there's no lore to discuss with that episode. So we really can't talk about Wendigo without recognizing the appropriation of the indigenous cultures. The version of the Wendigo we see in Supernatural is far from the traditional lore. While Supernatural depicts them as towering figures with prominent claws and teeth and pointy ears. But is not quite right. But at least they didn't go with antlers, which so many other horror movies about Wendigo have. Native American folklore describes Wendigo as appearing human, except for small details like their eyes that give it away as being just a shell of its former self. So when that big monster goes up in flames, when Dean hits it with a um, a flair that does nothing like the traditional stories. And really, I don't blame the show for this. I don't blame the writers for this. They aren't the first. Like I mentioned, Stephen King really capitalized on the appropriation of Native American lore. And the horror genre in general is having... A field day with Wendigo lately. Um, I've seen multiple movies pop up on them and none of them are accurate to the traditional lore. Now I want to read an excerpt from an article that discusses the use of Native American folklore in modern horror. The article is titled Stolen Spirits, the Appropriation of the Wendigo Spirit in Horror Literature. The article was written by Kaylee Hunchman. I'm only going to read a small selection of the article because it explains what I want to say in much better words. I do suggest that you go read the article in its entirety. It was a very good read and it's really not too long, only a few pages. Um, so I will link um, that article in the episode summary. The portion of this article that I want to read to you discusses the features of Wendigo and the differences in the modern versions and the actual Native American lore. So here it goes. The idea of the Wendigo is not entirely unfamiliar to Western readers, even if the Wendigo itself is not always referred to by name. A woods-dwelling, human-like, cannibalistic, horned figure The common depiction of the Wendigo in television, books, and films is visible in books by Margaret Atwood and Stephen King and shows like Supernatural. While the spirit itself comes from Native American beliefs, the common visual depiction of the Wendigo does not. In most Native American beliefs, the Wendigo greatly resembles the human being it used to be, except for tiny features that give it away as the shell of what it once was. The image of the Wendigo, as seen in non-Native literature, is recognized as a Native American spirit in its use of exaggerated and stereotypical Native American characteristics created by capitalism. The Wendigo of pop culture is wild. It often has antlers and hunts the forest for centuries, cursing people who enter and eating the ones who do not leave. It exists in a realm of horror tropes, of curses, and Indian burial grounds. None of these reputations, however, reflect the true nature of Wendigo myths. In the recreating of spirits that do not belong to them, Euro-American writers warp and decontextualize the Wendigo from its original context. The Wendigo is an important symbol in many Native American beliefs but the decontextualized Western Wendigo does not tell you what it symbolizes. Severing the Wendigo from its context allows Western authors to create a literary way of invoking spirituality and magic by drawing on stereotypical Native American themes, antlers, wilderness spirits, and other aspects created to other Native American communities and make a markable genre of Native American spirits. So what does that all mean? Let's talk about it. The beliefs about actions and appearance of Wendigos vary between tribes. But the basic principles all remain constant. The fictionalized version we see in the horror genre looks nothing like the Wendigo of indigenous lore. What it does look like as a stereotype of a Native American, things that are often associated stereotypically with the indigenous communities in the United States are antlers, horns, the wilderness, and all of that comes together to form this giant horned monster with claws that you know eats people and haunts forests and that depiction is based on what we think native american folklore should be not what it actually is so by not keeping the context of the folklore and of the wendigo we lose everything that it really stands for spiritually and It's nothing more than what the author makes it. So Wendigos pop up many times in Supernatural. There's even uh, something towards the end of the show where Sam just says he wishes things were easy again when they were just hunting things like vampires and Wendigos. Um, The Wendigo of Supernatural is what the Supernatural writers wrote. It doesn't really hold much bearing in Native American folklore, and even though it does, you know, capture the, oh well, it's a cannibal, like it's from Native American folklore, they say it, it doesn't have the proper context for it to really be considered a Wendigo. It's just a monster that these writers created, essentially. Wendigo is a Cree Indian word. It means evil that devours. They're hundreds of years old. Each one was once a man, sometimes an Indian, or other times a frontiersman, or a miner, or a hunter. How's a man turn into one of those things? It's always the same. During some harsh winter, a guy finds himself starving, cut off from supplies or help. Becomes a cannibal to survive, eating other members of this tribe or camp. Like our name cultures all over the world believe that eating human flesh gives a person certain abilities, speed, strength, and mortality. You eat enough of it. Over years, you become this less-than-human thing. You're always hungry. When Sam and Dean are explaining what a Wendigo is, they mention it comes from Cree lore. Let's get a little more specific here. (laughs) So the Crier is one tribe amongst the larger tribal region of the Algonquin tribes. So that would be, there's a little bit of it in like the mid, basically the middle of the US. So that would kind of cover the area of Colorado they're in, um, in this episode. And that's the Cheyenne tribe. So, they're in the location of the Cheyenne tribe, talking about the Cree tribe, which are going to be in Canada, since pretty much the rest of the Algonquin tribes are the northeast U.S., like, think of, like, Maine, and up into southeast Canada. So, they didn't even get the right tribe for the right location. Um there are so many things in this episode that are just wrong um, and I can't ignore the fact that Dean uses very outdated language to describe the Native American peoples um two thousand five back then that's what they that that's how they describe them on television <laughs> and movies, so I really can't fault this specific show with it. But it's good to see that we have come very far in the 15 or so years since this episode first aired um, even in just the terminology we use when we're speaking about indigenous people. So let's just take a moment to sit with the fact that the show used the wrong tribe. I mean, they were, let's say, I guess we can call it geographically incorrect but they talk about the Cree lore. The Cree are not in Colorado. They never wore That would be the Cheyenne tribe, which is still a part of the larger network of the Algonquin tribes. So at least they have, you know, the same kind. I don't know. I'm trying to give them some credit here. But they don't even mention the Algonquin tribes by name, so they just got it wrong. Um, but I'm not going to talk about where they wore location-wise. I'm going to talk about the Cree lore because that's what they talked about in the show. So I did some research on this because It's really not something that I had done a lot of research on prior to this. I mean, I did learn a lot of interesting things. So among the Cree, there are two types of Wendigo. One is a supernatural cannibal that has a lot of power, which I guess is what this episode was going for. They just got the, the look of it totally wrong, but the strength and speed will give to them. Um, but the other type refers to the human who develops cannibalistic cravings and slowly transforms into Wendigos. That's the type that Dean described. So they can't even agree in this episode like which version they're going with. They mix them together and they gave it the power of the more supernatural kind, but then describe it as the human that turned in. To a cannibal. So. It's just another thing. They didn't quite get right. Now. In Kree lore. That first type of Wendigo. Has enormous strength. It's terrifying. It has powers to paralyze mortals. And turn them into cannibals. The human turned Wendigo. They just look like. Dirty. unkempt. Grawny humans. Um, you really wouldn't be able to tell them apart from their mortal counterparts. They're basically indistinguishable except for, like I mentioned earlier, just small details in their feature that give it away that there's not a soul in there. They're just, I guess as Dean put it, less than human. Now, even more importantly than how they look and what they do, it's what the Wendigo means to the Cree tribe. There's no folklore without reason. Everything is meant to teach us a lesson. And for the Cree, a Wendigo is a symbol of the failing social relationships. It's when the relationship between the individual and cooperation with the larger group becomes unbalanced. So indigenous cultures tend to be very community-based. They're less individualized, but they still acknowledge the individual so a wendigo represents that dissonance between your individuality and your part in the larger group or tribe um that the transformation into a wendigo represents that final shift from the human to a greedy creature so whether we want to take things literally and say that this You know, monsters running out there through the forest, or if we want to look at it metaphorically, it represents a human becoming too greedy to be human. They are, the cannibalism represents the greed. And it's actually a great allegory for the comparison of Native American tribal nations and the capitalistic white settlers. It's all about the greed once again. When a man becomes greedy, he's no longer a man. I want to read an excerpt from another article. This one specifically mentions Supernatural. This article is titled, A Creature Without a Cave, Abstraction and Misappropriation of the Wendigo Myth in Contemporary North American Horror. It's written by Francesca Amy Johnson. um, And I will... Put a link to this article in the episode's description, um, because I would definitely recommend reading the whole thing. It does a great job at explaining what the why it's harmful to appropriate this Native American folklore. Now, I want to focus on the part of the article that talks about supernatural. Supernatural also runs into this issue, introduced in the second episode of the first season. Wendigo, the lore calls upon Cree origins. The Wendigo in Supernatural is understood as the product of human cannibalism. The usual strengths of the Wendigo are also befitting of a North American media's typical portrayal of them. Super strength, super speed, and vulnerability to fire. They are humanoid in appearance, tall, and have elongated limbs. Sam and Dean, the protagonist of the show, describe the Wendigo as follows. Now, I'm not going to read that part because that's the clip that I played earlier of Dean describing the Wendigo. An issue with the show's description of the myth lies in what accompanies the Wendigo and the lack of indigenous voices throughout. The Wendigo is the first supernatural being hunted by the brothers within the series. I just want to add like a little footnote there. I would call it the first cryptoid because they did deal with the ghosts and ghosts are supernatural. So it's the first cryptoid of the show. Um, despite abstracting facets of Cree myth to briefly explain the Wendigo the viewer is introduced to it through Sam and Dean the two protagonists learn of the monster as they would any other but there is no presence of Cree people or resources to contextualize the myth furthermore the only depiction of a native person in connection to the Wendigo in the show is an unnamed Cree woman with no lines she is believed to be a Wendigo but dies shortly after so what this article is saying is that by taking the idea of the Wendigo out of the culture it comes from makes it meaningless um, it's no longer an actual representation of the folklore. It is now just, like I said earlier, what the writers wanted it to be. Um, in this episode, like they they go with the Cree lore, even though they're not geographically correct for that. There's just a lot of those little things that could have easily been fixed had they even consulted with indigenous writers. Like these are. Easy things, like a quick Google search would show you that the Cree weren't in Colorado. So there's just so many things that could have been done better. And that article explains that the way to fix it is just by including Indigenous voices in the process. Let's have some more Indigenous actors when there's TV shows about Indigenous lore. Um when you take it away from its culture, it's completely out of context and you lose really any deeper meaning other than, oh, it's a scary monster. So they just miss the mark with this one. People often ask, what's the difference between appreciation and appropriation? It's a simple answer. Appreciation includes the cultural context. Appreciation does not remove the myth from its culture and its peoples and it's really unfortunate to see that the horror genre has not gotten any better with this over the years but what is good to see is that people are finally talking about it now that we've talked about everything in the show they got wrong in regards to folklore let's talk about the rest of the show this episode is very monster hunting heavy um they don't really go into much more than the hunting in this one some episodes are going to be more you know searching for their missing father heavy some are going to just be monster hunts and this is one that was really just monster hunt now john does get talked about sam is verbally expressing that he is not happy that they are on a hunt instead of looking for their dad at that moment he just wants to take these people back out of the woods not bother finding the missing person not hunt the Wendigo, and just go back to looking for dad but dean could never let that happen thankfully towards the end of the episode sam starts to come around and he is willing to hunt while looking for his father um he does demand that he gets to drive the car though which, oh, who wouldn't want to drive that car? Just, ooh, baby. Um, (laughs) So one thing is for sure, Sam is hell-bent on finding John Winchester and the demon that killed Jessica. Sam, you know where to find Dad, right? Yeah, I know. But in the meantime... I'm driving.